Good morning, everybody. You are tuning into the news and morning mixtape. It is Thursday, November 2nd, and I'm your host, Mariana Schwitzen, reporting from Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. And here are our top stories from today. Ontario high schools will now need to provide Holocaust education. Federal government will join a working group in Toronto to address the city's financial crisis. In preparation for Remembrance Day coming up, Manitoba woman whose son died in Bosnia in the 1990s has been named National Silver Cross Mother. New study shows that there was a record spike in the number of immigrants who left Canada between 2016 and 2019. So with all of this, let's get started. Now in Ontario, the province is going to mandate Holocaust education in high school. They also recently announced curriculum changes for elementary students. According to the Toronto Star, Education Minister Stephen Leachy said, Our government is decisively combating the rise of anti-Semitism and hate in all its forms. Ontario was the first province to mandate Holocaust education in elementary school, which Leachy announced last fall. He has been encouraging other ministers of education across the country to do the same. This week, BC Premier David Amby announced his government would introduce such lessons for secondary school students. Leachy has said that anti-Semitic incidents have been increasing in Ontario schools. He cites a study that found one in three students believe the Holocaust is a lie or is unsure it happened. In a statement released this Wednesday, Leachy said, By including new mandatory learning in Holocaust education in elementary and secondary schools, we are ensuring students are never bystanders in the face of hate and division. Still according to the Star, starting in September 2025, lessons on the Holocaust will be expanded in grade 10 history, which is a mandatory course, and quote, will explicitly link the Holocaust to extreme political ideologies, including fascism and anti-Semitism in Canada in the 1930s and 40s, and the contemporary impacts of rising anti-Semitism, end quote. Moving on to our next story, the federal government will join a working group to address Toronto's financial crisis following pressure from Mayor Olivia Chow and Premier Doug Ford. On Tuesday, Chow said, Late last night, there was a silver of hope, a glimmer of hope. She mentioned that Trudeau's government will now be at the table discussing various issues. A federal government source confirmed the news that Finance Canada's Deputy Minister Chris Forbes will participate in the talks that are already underway. According to the Toronto Star, Chow and Ford have touted Great progress on hashing out a new deal for Toronto, with a gr working group of civil servants now tasked with, quote, drilling down on a lot of details for a report at the end of November. While no specifics have been released, the Star has previously reported the uploading the Gar Gardner Expressway and Don Valley Parkway to the province is one solution being discussed. Toronto faces a $1.5 billion deficit in its next operating budget and has been vocal about the federal government needing to do more to support and house refugees. The city continues to face a shelter system so full that people seeking asylum are still left on the streets outside a downtown intake center. Moving on to our next story, Manitoba woman whose son died in Bosnia in the 1990s has been named National Silver Cross Mother. The crash that killed 22-year-old Christopher Holopina happened July 4th, 1996, but for his mom, Gloria Hooper, it might as well have been yesterday. She told CBC News, quote, I think of him every day, like every single day. I can't believe it's been happening that long ago, end quote. 
On November 11, Cooper will lay a wreath at the Cenopath during the National Members Day ceremony in Ottawa, representing all families who have lost a child who was serving for Canada. She has been named this year's National Silver Cross Mother, an annual honor bestowed by the Royal Canadian Legion dating back to 1919. As per CBC is reporting, when called upon to place the wreath, Hooper said her mind would be comforted by thoughts of Holopina and what would he be doing now. Back in 1996, Holopina was part of the United Nations Peacekeeping Mission, Operation Alliance, in Bosnia-Herzegovina. According to the CBC, the Royal Canadian legend said that Jalapena was the first Canadian to give his life in Bosnia as part of the mission. The Portage La Prairie Armory Lounge was renamed the Jalapena Lounge, and a wall was dedicated to him, while the province named the lake after him in 2005. Jalapena now rests at the St. John Cemetery in Shell Valley, north of Rasson, Manitoba, where he was born. Hooper goes as often as possible to sit and update her son on the latest news from home. Our next story says... A new study shows that there was a record spike in the number of immigrants who left Canada between 2016 and 2019. According to the Financial Post report, on average, 0.9% of people who were granted permanent residence in or after 1982 left Canada each year. According to this study conducted by the Institute for Canadian Citizenship, ICC, and the Conference Board of Canada. However, in 2019, the figure went up to 1.18% which is 31% higher than the average. There was also a spike in 2017, with the migration rate increasing by 43%. That means that an abnormally high number of immigrants who were granted permanent residency between 1982 and 2018 preferred to leave the country between 2016 and 2019. The study also said the number of immigrants leaving the country has generally been on the rise since the 1990s. According to the Foundation Post, the study included people who were granted permanent residence between 1982 and 2018 and those who filed taxes in Canada at least once after landing. People were counted as onwards immigrants, immigrants who have left the country, if they didn't have a T1 family file for two consecutive years and didn't file one again by 2020, which is when the study period ends. Well, that was it for me today and I'll leave you with Rajan for a good news segment. From Met Radio, this is Rojan. Good morning, folks. You're listening to the Good News Network. We have a special treat for you this week as today's story is all about exploding pumpkins. Chemistry students from Washington College hosted their annual pumpkin exploding bash on Friday with the aim to inspire kids to develop an interest in chemistry. This yearly event is one of many that was organized by the American Chemical Society and the Chemistry Honor Society. The explosive performance was held for students from Kent and Queen Anne's County Public Schools to encourage the young students to pursue a passion or interest in chemistry. It also is open to Washington College students and faculty and the larger Chestertown community. Sarah Arredondo, assistant professor of chemistry, said to the Good News Network, For nearly a decade, our campus has eagerly anticipated in the annual tradition that unites the community through captivating autumn experiments and thrilling displays of chemical phenomena. The chemistry students assembled several test subjects in the form of jack-o'-lanterns to determine the best ways to explode traditional face designs into the pumpkins instead of carving. What students have done to their jack-o'-lanterns included ooze violently gushing out of the face and smoke slowly seeping into the air to contribute a visual effect. According to the Good News Network, some of the methods used to achieve the students' desired effects include luminol that glows in the dark, color-changing acid poured over a dry ice base, 
liquid nitrogen, and elephant toothpaste. A short compilation of videos taken during the event was posted on Instagram by Washington College at their handle WashCall. In the background of the video, several members of the young audience spectating the event could be heard gawking at the ooze, which can be formed with potassium iodide or yeast and warm water. The children were also left in awe at the sight of eyes and mouths being blown off of pumpkins to reveal the jack-o'-lantern's face. The numerous voices squealed of excitement as they waited between each blow. Exploding pumpkins have been a popular party trick over the years, with several videos from different institutions demonstrating and tutorials for how to achieve the messy look yourself floating around the internet. It's amazing that Washington College's chemistry department has turned this classic trick into a treat for children every Halloween as a fun way to encourage them to be interested in chemistry. Format Radio, this is Rojan. Happy Halloween, everyone! With this, let's wrap up our news for this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I will be back next week with some more news and morning mixtape. But until then, tune in tomorrow for more. It's Matt Radio 12, 8 a.m. in Toronto. I'm Mariana Schwitze. Thanks for listening.